for Health's Sake, a simple chat for better health. I'm your host, Donna Karras. These podcasts are a publication of Amory Hospital and Clinic, Hudson Hospital and Clinic, Lakeview Hospital, Stillwater Medical Group, and Westfield Hospital and Clinic. All are part of a nonprofit healthcare organization committed to enhancing community health. I'm talking with kidney specialist, Dr. Andrew Coomer, about kidney disease. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Coomer. Absolutely. My pleasure. What is kidney disease? Well, I think it's first important to understand what kidney disease isn't. I have a lot of patients who talk about having kidney stones or kidney cancer and think that that is equivalent to what we're talking about with kidney disease. While kidney stones and kidney cancer are important conditions, and and I do see people for kidney stones, they don't exactly equate to what we call chronic kidney disease. So what chronic kidney disease is, is a lessened ability for the kidneys to clean the blood appropriately. In everyday life, our body creates all sorts of waste uh, normally that our kidneys are charged with getting rid of through our urine. But over time with disease, that waste tends to build up in the blood. And at some point, we decide that somebody has kidney disease. In addition to that, we also talk about the other things that can come up with kidney disease, things like anemia, which means low blood count, bone disease, which can come up in kidney disease, acid-base problems and other chemistry problems. So there's a lot that goes into kidney disease and managing that. What causes kidney disease? Well, there is definitely a long list of things that can cause kidney disease. By far, though, the most common thing that causes kidney disease in the United States is diabetes. It actually accounts for up to 40% of kidney disease cases in the United States. Beyond that, we also see hypertension being a very major cause of kidney disease. Vascular disease is something else that can contribute, particularly in older individuals. Less commonly, we see some inherited conditions, most commonly something called polycystic kidney disease that can contribute to kidney disease. And finally, less commonly, there are a number of inflammatory disorders that can lead to kidney disease that involve much more detailed treatment than the things I've listed previously. How many people have kidney disease? Well, it's a lot bigger number than someone might think. So in 2016, they looked at this, and what they estimated is that 753 million people throughout the world have kidney disease. But narrowing down a little bit uh, to the United States, uh, the most recent figures indicate that roughly 16 to 17% of Americans 20 or older have kidney disease. So that is, in and of itself is a, is a very big number, approaching 100 million or so. Beyond that, we also think about which groups of people are impacted by kidney disease. And what we've found is that there seems to be an increased prevalence of kidney disease in those from minority groups, such as those in the African-American race, the American Indian race, even Asian Americans as well, tend to have a uh, higher incidence of kidney disease. In particularly with those in the African-American cohort, there seems to be an increased genetic influence as well that leads to kidney disease, and some of that is still being teased out. Finally, 
We've also noticed that those from a lower socioeconomic class tend to have a higher prevalence of kidney disease as well. So all those factors kind of weigh into who gets kidney disease. What will you talk about with your patient who is newly diagnosed? I'm thankful that with Health Partners, we have 60 minutes to see new patients, which is really valuable because there's so many things to talk about with people the first time that we talk about kidney disease. So what I try to talk to people about is, first of all, where the kidney disease might have come from, why they might have it. Do they have longstanding diabetes? Do they have longstanding hypertension? Do they have a family history? Do they need to get other family members tested for kidney disease? What sort of risk factors do they have in developing kidney disease? Things that they're doing, medications that they're taking, things like that. And then ultimately, we talk about you know what they can do to protect their kidneys long term. And I, I always tell my patients, I want to keep seeing you in clinic. I'd rather not see you in a dialysis unit where some people do end up with their kidney disease. Can someone slow or prevent the progress of kidney disease? Absolutely, they can. And that's what we always close out that first visit with. And then I always will remind people at subsequent visits how they can slow this down. There are a number of things people can do. As I stated before, a lot of my patients are diabetic. And so one of the biggest things they can do is to really work on controlling their blood sugars as well as they can. We know that uncontrolled diabetes can quicken the progression of kidney disease. That's really, really important. Keeping an eye on the blood pressure as well. You know, taking medications consistently, monitoring at home, things like that, and making sure that they're staying on top of of their blood pressure. Avoiding medications that can hurt the kidneys, and the most common of which are actually medications that are found over the counter. Um, Ibuprofen, Motrin, Advil, Aleve, Naproxen, all those things can actually worsen the kidney function in people who already have kidney diseases and can make progression more rapid. Stop smoking if someone's a smoker. Out of the many, many things that we know smoking can do, another another thing it can do is contribute to kidney disease. If somebody is a little on the heavy side, if they're obese, they need to lose weight. Um, we know that if there's even 5 or 10 pounds of weight loss, the kidneys tend to perform a little bit better and we can preserve them for longer. And then finally, limiting salt intake in the diet is very important as well. Salt is something that causes the kidneys to have to work harder. Just like any filter, if we think about a fuel filter, if we think about an air filter, if those things are working harder, wear out faster. And so if we allow the kidney filters to work a little bit more relaxed, uh, that tends to help in the long run. Will medication be prescribed? Sometimes, yes. It depends on the type of kidney disease. In some of the more inflammatory kidney disorders that I mentioned before, we sometimes prescribe medications such as steroids or other medications that are used in chemotherapy regimens that can help slow the progression and sometimes reverse the the kidney function. But more commonly, in kidney disease related to diabetes or high blood pressure, it's really the medications that somebody's already taking for those conditions. In particular, with patients who have kidney disease because of diabetes, there is an important class of blood pressure medication that we try to get people on, and that class is either an ACE inhibitor, such as lisinopril, 
or an angiotensin receptor blocker such as losartan that have been shown in clinical trials to slow the progression of diabetic kidney disease. And more recently, there is a type of diabetes medication called an SGLT2 inhibitor. And an example of that would be something like Invacana or Jardius. And those medications recently have been shown to slow the progression of diabetic kidney disease as well. So there are certainly circumstances in which additional medications will be prescribed to help manage the kidney disease. Why is diet important? Well, it's important for a number of different factors. You know, first of all, as as I mentioned earlier, salt intake is really important to help limit, to help slow the progression of kidney disease. And so just for that purpose, limiting the sodium in the diet becomes very important. Now, in more advanced kidney disease, such as those with stage four chronic kidney disease or beyond, there actually is some importance to limiting the protein intake as well, because we know that also will help to slow the progression of kidney disease. But even beyond that, there are other things that we need to do with the diet to help prevent other complications that pop up with kidney disease. For example, it's very common to run high potassium levels in the blood or high phosphorus levels in the blood. And so many times we need to limit those factors in the diet. And then furthermore, with salt, not only will limiting this slow the progression of kidney disease, limiting salt in the diet will also help lower the blood pressure, which then in turn helps the kidneys, and also will help with leg swelling and ankle swelling that can come up in kidney disease as well. So there's a number of different factors to consider with the diet. Should a person with kidney disease exercise? Undoubtedly, the answer to this question is yes. Uh, exercise is so, so important with kidney disease, as it is with so many other conditions. There is some evidence that, once again, exercise helps to slow the progression of chronic kidney disease. And it probably does that through a couple of different factors. First of all, it can help lower the blood pressure in general. Also, it helps people lose weight. And so both of those factors have already identified as being important in slowing the progression of kidney disease. But also another important consideration is cardiovascular health. It turns out that the leading cause of death for people with chronic kidney disease is actually a cardiovascular event, such as a heart attack or a stroke or heart failure. And so obviously, cardiovascular exercise is something that helps those conditions quite a bit and lowers your risk of having something like that. And finally, there's a lot of evidence that suggests that people with chronic kidney disease suffer more than the average population from depression, anxiety, and other related conditions. And so exercise in and of itself can improve those things just by improving people's well-being. So on a lot of different fronts, exercise is really important for patients with chronic kidney disease. Are there any other lifestyle changes that you would recommend? I think in general, people always you know, ask me, should I increase my water intake? And my answer is yes. You know, it is important to uh, avoid dehydration, but drinking a lot of water won't necessarily turn the kidney function around either. Uh, it really comes down to the other factors we mentioned. I think the most important lifestyle modification beyond the ones I've already mentioned would be just simply becoming more invested in, in one's health. 
really taking it seriously, much like they would any other part of their life, such as their job or their family or, or other things. Really paying attention to the blood pressure and, again, getting that blood pressure monitor at home and keeping track of that once or twice a week uh, is an important thing. If people have diabetes, you know, working with their doctor or their endocrinologist, in terms of what medications they should be on and and focusing hard on blood sugar control, losing weight, just being an advocate for themselves. Or if somebody doesn't feel like they can do that very effectively, trying to get a loved one, such as a family member or a friend, to do that for them. I think that those things are, are very important as well. What are the best resources to learn more about kidney disease? Well, I'm a little biased. So I do think finding a nephrologist to work with and talking to the nephrologist and asking questions of them, you'll certainly get top-notch information from, from the person that you're working with. But it turns out that there are other great resources as well. Now, you can certainly find a lot of different information by cruising the internet, and I would advise caution on doing that. But one great source out there is the National Kidney Foundation's website. And their web address is www.kidney.org. So pretty easy to remember. And they have just wonderful information on their website about diet, about kidney disease itself, about different resources available for people. And so I highly encourage anyone who's been diagnosed with kidney disease to visit that website. There's just so much great information on there. I think another great resource are support groups. So there are actually chronic kidney disease support groups out there for people who want to share information with others who are afflicted with the same condition beyond working with their own doctor. And a lot of people find that very powerful to talk to others with kidney disease and find what their experiences have been and, and what has worked for them and what hasn't worked for them. Those things are easily findable via web search, and I believe that National Kidney Foundation website has some information on those things as well. Do you have any other advice to share? Well, I think a couple of things. So I mentioned this is the nephrologist, you know, being a good resource just previously. I will tell you that we're all a little bit different. Somebody gets diagnosed with kidney disease, and they meet their nephrologist, and after a couple of visits, it just doesn't seem like things are working out. Find a nephrologist that works for you. I mean, it's okay to find a second opinion. It's okay to, to find another person that seems to work better for you if you're somebody who needs to be pushed a little bit more and, and given tough love. Not all of us are capable of that. I'll tell you right up front, I'm not always capable of doing that for people. But if, if you're someone who you know, wants a real personal connection with someone and that helps you with your health changes, I think there are other people out there that are helpful for you too. So don't be, don't be shy about trying to find someone that works for you. And then my other big piece of advice would be to find a dietitian and, and talk to them about uh, those concerns too. And I very frequently refer my patients to talk to a dietitian because those people are very helpful in talking about the various dietary things that go into this and also devising meal plans for people who are uh, looking to help slow the progression of kidney disease. So they are a terrific resource to work with, and I would encourage everyone to do that. That was really helpful. Thank you, Dr. Coomer. Absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime. Thanks for listening. 